The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, what's up? I'm former Bills receiver Stevie Johnson and you listening to Nate and the fellas on the Circle in the Wagon podcast. It's only one way to roll. That's the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills Mafia, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for listening to us um, after that uh tremendous turd of a preseason game that we just witnessed between the Buffalo Bills and the Steelers in Pittsburgh, where the Bills got absolutely shellacked. They got jackhammered by the Steelers 27 to 15, and it was not even that close at all. It was not, it was, if they had a throwaway touchdown at the end, we're going to go into all of that. We are going to not only break down that game though, we're going to uh, discuss you know, does it really matter? It's still a preseason game. And I'm going to be honest as one of those people that like, I live and die by what the team does. I tell myself that it's only a preseason game, but I'm still a fan at heart. And it's still disappointing to see that performance. Um, that was, it's pretty awful to watch. Um, but we're going to get into all those things. We're going to talk about, you know, uh, the biggest takeaways from the game, injuries, Tommy Doyle out for the year with an ECL. We're going to talk about Sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game, Wall of Famers, Wall of Shamers, and uh, tons of other topics. Uh, but first, this episode is brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. I was just uh, actually at a family reunion over in Clyde and uh, was driving past Delago, and I was just like, Man, like I want to stop there so badly. I mean, first off, I wanted to stop there so badly because the other destination was a family reunion, and those are always awful, and terrible. But um, just in general, like it's it's just got those things. It's just such a cool place, man. It is such a cool place. It always seems like it's so busy that I wanted to go. But of course, I had my kids with me, so I couldn't go. And we were supposed to go to this family reunion. I don't know about you guys, but every family reunion seems like the same thing. It's like literally. You're going to a place where you have extended family members 
that you don't know. And it's not like they're super like, oh, hey, you know, I'm Jeanette. Like, nice to meet you, Nate. Like, it's it's like you just hang out with the families that you, family members that you know <laughs> through and through. Like, that's all you hang out with. So it's just like, I might as well be doing this at a place where like my mother-in-law's house instead. And then I see the same people I'm talking to right here instead of all these other awkward people that I don't know. And it's not even their fault. They're doing the same thing I'm doing. So... Probably not coming home and bitching about it on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) If they have a podcast right now, I guarantee they're like, there's this guy, Nate. Okay. (laughs) He's like total loser. No, it's funny. I I, randomly, one of my wife's like distant relatives, you're probably talking like third or fourth cousins. He was one of my professors at UB, oddly enough. And like, I found that out through talking to him. And I was like, oh, because he mentioned he's from Buffalo. Yeah, you know, I live in Amherst. I teach at UB. Oh, cool. I went to UB. Like, you know, what you teach there is that. It's like, oh, you taught this. I'm like, oh, that's, I had you in class. Like, it's like, you know, it was funny. Um, he didn't like me. He did not like me in class. I do remember that. He specifically did not like me, but um, he didn't remember that part. And that's all that matters. It was funny. He like asked me my name and I'm just like, dude, you don't, you've, you've been teaching for 25 years. You've had thousands of students upon thousands. You don't remember me. Trust me. <laughs> I did my best to try to keep as low profile as I could. So I wasn't asked a question in class. And how big was yeah, the class? That was my goat. So, uh, he taught a couple of classes. The one class my senior year, there's only like 20 oh. of us, which he did. So yeah, he remembered. Was it that project where you had to come up with an engineering thing? Yes. 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 Are you still going to do something with that? <laughs> no, he already patented it. He reminded me of that today. He's like, yeah, we patent all the designs for all everyone's senior projects. So he, so yeah, a, it's in an archive. What a scam so he's he got was, going on. Dude, he was talking about all these cruises he's been on lately, like all over, you know, Europe and stuff like that. Those river cruises where they go on like to like five different countries in like 12 days, right? He's like, oh, they're amazing. He's doing that with my design money, <laughs> like my my handicap accessible design device <laughs> that he I made. He's just. But I haven't seen your design on tra- store Travel the world. <laughs> oh, he's just selling the IP. <laughs> but no one has made it. <laughs> That's, That's my point. <laughs> Or maybe maybe a competitor yeah. bought it and then killed it just so that they could keep the mark their market. Like like when ESPN was going to make that NFL football game and then Madden just bought them out so they would never have a competitor, yeah. like something like that. Except you know what? He's probably getting his money off of every other student's design. Probably wasn't my design. If we're being honest, but... yours was basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine was a great design, but go ahead. It was basically something you inserted around the elderly human to help elevate them out of the chair, make it easier for them to stand up. Yeah. It was like having chair rails. Like you just slide it underneath and then, you know, you just push up off of it to get out of the, to get out of the, off the couch or whatever. Yeah. Mm. But if you're, if your couch didn't have an open bottom, then you're screwed. Cause it couldn't slide under, like just couldn't use this device. We didn't have enough time to come up with another one. So yeah, it was, it was you very a semester. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was taking other classes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sad. Well, what a good scam. Like, you just make it as a requisite um, part of the class, right? He just said, oh, give me your best ideas that you've been saving up for the 25 years of your life to pass this class. You need to design it, submit it. I'm going to patent it. You don't worry about any of that. I'm going to patent it. And your grade will be, your final grade will be based on it. Wow. Like it, John. What? Do we switch over to ASMR? Josh Allen, Dalton, Super Bowl, Josh Stop. Stop.
So I, uh, what he would do is he'd probably take like the best design ideas mm. and then just like make them better. Maybe like there was a guy who came in who's that like, uh, place like, oh, that late night infomercial. Oh, you got an idea? <laughs> it's like the caveman hammering out the wheel. Yeah, 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 exactly. Got an idea? We'll patent it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was funny. that commercial end. Call Quest. <laughs> <laughs> John's giving us the, the annoying nod. <laughs> that guy also runs reverse mortgages too. <laughs> Buying gold, gold bars. <laughs> Sell your jewelry for cash. Sell your gold for cash. Um, so we're going to talk about <laughs> the pills. I needed to, I'm glad you guys uh, are cool with that. Talk you should about confront him. Family man. Is just, I, I couldn't, that was my chance. I, it's funny. Cause he's like, Oh, what was your design? <laughs> You know, and I was like, oh, is this and this? And he's just like, oh, yeah. He's like probably the best actor on earth. Oh, yeah, I don't really remember that. Meanwhile, he's just like, you know, uh, tell him to build 10,000 more. <laughs> Sell him overseas <laughs> so as not to get copyright. Well, we have the pen, so it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Buffalo Bills preseason game, second preseason game. Guys, let's talk about the biggest takeaways. Um, the first thing I'm going to start off with, which is something we started off with last week, was the quarterback two competition. Uh, everyone of us were pretty high on Matt Barkley, and it's safe to say whoa, that whoa, whoa. he... <laughs> is that true, John? I don't think so either. I don't think so. I mean, we we talked about it. We yeah. talked about We're, it. John and I, I are like, not. Yeah, it, it might be a competition. We need a bigger but, sample size. Exactly. Wait, 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 wait. What? What? This is last week. You guys were like, he had a good game. He had a good game. You know, and we and I was saying he yeah. had a good game. We'll see. Yeah, he had we'll a good see. game, but, but we weren't ready. To... He didn't. He wasn't. Uh, yeah, he had a good game, but he wasn't automatically. Right. Oh, okay, he's better for sure. Yeah, I never said that for either. But this was like, like another step in that direction. If he had another good game, you're it, like, okay, there's there's almost no reason why they can't make him the best. Yeah, if he had right? another good game, but. If he yeah. throws three interceptions and loses the fumble, we won't. <laughs> I don't. Re- I don't remember that stipulation. I don't remember you guys saying that, <laughs> but I believe you. So Matt Barkley basically turned into Nathan Peterman this last Saturday night. <laughs> he had three interceptions, like like Mike just mentioned, one fumble. Um, he had three interceptions in four passes, and then technically three interceptions in five plays because one of those one of those plays was was a run play so um so there's one pass that wasn't an interception one run and then three interceptions back to back to back <laughs> so um i think it's safe to say that he is not going to win that job as of now he's he needed to cement himself in that role with a good game and he did not have that game or just, just not that kyle allen had a great game but just be like fake an injury <laughs> oh he has an injury supposedly now yeah, he's an elbow supposedly. injury <laughs> But he should have done that after last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leave us wanting uh, more. So that's not that's there's not much to that story besides that. Barkley had an awful game. Um, but I think one of the biggest storylines beside this was that the Bills looked awful with their first string offense and first string defense. Um, this is how the game started for those of you that didn't see it, or even those that, you know, want to remember this and uh and feel pretty awful inside was that the Bills' first-string defense with Kenny Pickett, who I never thought was a really good quarterback. I've seen him play in college. I remember I was at this uh, Syracuse game 
and he, it was Pitt versus Syracuse, and they destroyed Syracuse. But like Kenny Pickett didn't do anything with his arm; he just ran around, and he had really good running backs. And it's like, okay, well, I didn't see anything at that game, and I didn't follow his career, but I wasn't like this guy's that good. And then last season, the Bills beat the Steelers thirty-eight to three in the regular season. So I'm like, okay, well, he's not the guy, right? Uh, he looked very good yesterday. Um, he the Bills were okay on first on the first uh, possession on defense while the Steelers had the ball. Kenny Pickett was kind of moving the ball around. And then all of a sudden there was a 62 yard run by the Steelers backup running back and he gets a touchdown. You're like, uh, okay, like that's not ideal. I guess every once in a while, something gets away from you, right? The bills go three and out on offense. Not ideal at all. They look terrible on that first drive. Okay, whatever. It's a first drive. The Steelers get the ball back, have a huge run back. There was like a 57-yard run back and the punt return. Um, unbelievable. And then Kenny Pickett throws a dart to uh, it was a touchdown to, I believe it was Fryermuth, their tight end, for like a 35-yard touchdown or something like that. So literally two offensive plays in a row that the Steelers run were two touchdowns. All right. So the Bills at this point in the game, they're down 14 nothing. They've been dominated offensively, defensively, and special teams-wise. Like, and not so much dominated, the Bills just look terrible. You know, they looked awful. And then it continued for most of the rest of the game, besides like a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but um, they were throwaway touchdowns. The Bills against even the Steelers' second teamers didn't look good. Um, there's a lot to worry about as a Bills fan. So here's what I want. Okay, do, do you guys have anything anything to add to what I just said before I ask a much bigger question, John, or anything? Um, not really. I mean, like just, just in general from the first quarter, um, I, spot on I, I i do think allen and the and the receivers in general looked good um there were plays called back from penalties and that's a whole nother thing we'll get into probably but um but yeah er, everything you said um otherwise yeah for sure yeah we we haven't even gotten into the penalties yet i mean that those were maddening but here's here's where i'm at right right now with you guys so i kind of i think it, as a fan i go back and forth with this all the time the preseason truly does not matter. We know that for sure. But, I mean, if I have to choice of how my players are going to play or look, and I know it's a vanilla offense, I know it's a vanilla defensive scheme, whatever, they just look bad. Like, they look like they weren't a team that's played together. They look like the team that was not 13-3 and last season. Um, I'm having serious doubts about this season, and I don't think I should based on this last preseason game. It's only preseason. I don't have to tell myself that. But where do you guys come out on that? Like, do you look at that and you're just like, the Bills have serious problems offensively? Um, I, I think, like you said, John, I think Josh Allen looked pretty good. Um, he got a lot of pressure on him and his tackles, which we will talk about at some point, didn't do him any favors. Spencer Brown didn't look good, continues to not look good, but Deion Dawkins didn't look good either. And I know the def Steelers have a good defensive line, but they did not look good at all. They didn't, they weren't really able to run the ball. There was a ton of penalties, like you mentioned. Um, and like there's, there's cause for concern, but am I overthinking that or should I just look at this? It's just, it's just a preseason game. Who cares? Well, on the offensive side, the, our two biggest concerns coming out of last season were lack of offensive weapons and the offensive line. I think Kincaid proved that, and and, and even Hardy and, and, and Sherfield, Sherfield had a great, you know, 21-yard uh, gain in the second quarter. Like, I, I, I'm not so concerned about the offensive weapons, but obviously the offensive line that you were just talking about does have some concerns. And now Tommy Doyle's out for the season. Uh, Brendan Shell retired last week. Uh, it's it, it, 
there's still some concern there. I think I think Torrance has been has been playing okay, Osiris Torrance, but like overall, it hasn't been looking good on defense. Um, starting defense did not look good either. Yeah. Um, I know Bernard was out at middle linebacker. Um, nobody else stepped up there. Even Milano didn't look great. I'm not there, saying it's his fault, but he didn't look great. There were that play got past him. That 62 yard run went right past him. Both both Milano and Dotson yeah. got eaten up by blockers in that run. And you're just like, well, I like <sighs> they took terrible angles. <laughs> um, there was also some missed tackles. The pass coverage wasn't the best. Like it wasn't good. Dude, they didn't look good on Elam and Benford. I mean, not like Dean Jackson looked great, but Elam and Benford against the twos, against Pittsburgh's twos, didn't look good. Like they had penalties. They were missing. They weren't great on coverage. They were allowing their guys to get passes. Like they didn't allow them to break open huge plays for a big game, but they didn't look good. Um, That's cause for concern. Tyrell Dodson. See, people like to rag on Tyrell Dodson. I don't think this is his fault. He's never shown he was starting level caliber middle linebacker and the bills just punted on the position. Like when we went into the draft for free agency, we said the biggest needs, especially after Tremaine Edmonds got signed was middle linebacker. That's why we um, had uh, Jack Campbell mock to the bills. Like we kept doing that. Cause we're like, the bills are either going to do this or they're going to punt on the position. And then there was that other guy. I can't remember out of Arkansas. All of a sudden drew something. Um, and, Drew Sanders, Sanders, thank you. And then the Bills didn't take him in the second round, and he was available in the third round. They didn't go up to take him. So they were just going to punt on the position no matter what, it sounds like. And that's what you get. Like, you didn't bring enough veteran to compete with Dodson. You were expecting Terrell Bernard to do it, and Terrell Bernard's injured, unfortunately. But then you brought in A.J. Klein. Like, those are two known commodities. Like, what are the odds that they're just going to all of a sudden put it all together and be this amazing starter? Like, they've never proven it otherwise. So I, as much as people rag on Dodson, like, this isn't his fault. Like he's just, it's the Bills front office fault. But again, everything, even the middle linebacker thing and the woes, you know, at that, at that level, um, the Bills just don't look good protecting Josh Allen. And that's something they could have, at least they got like the interior with McGovern, Morse, and now Osiris Torrance, which he said, John looks good, but tackles still don't look good. Spencer Brown has never, ever proven to be a capable starter at right tackle. Now he's had a few flashes, um, you could use the injuries as an excuse last offseason, but I mean, how many more? I mean, he's just never proven to be a really good starter in the, the NFL. So now we're just hoping. We're just hoping at this po- at this point. And then Deion Dawkins, like he took a step back last season. He was not as good last season as he had been previous years. Even the COVID year when he got COVID and he was in the hospital and he thought like it might be serious. I don't think he thought he was going to die, but he was very worried in the hospital. He came back. He had a slow start at the beginning of the season, but he still looked better that season than last season. And he didn't look good. So speaking of which, like the bills have made a concerted effort to try to build up the trenches on the offensive line, the defensive line. If you want a blueprint of how to do that, look at the Steelers. They have an amazing defensive line. They have an amazing offensive line. They owned both sides of the ball for the Buffalo bills. Um, with those lines. So uh, I'm, I guess on a, on a scale of one to 10 of how worried you are about this season, I'm going to put it at a five. I'm going to say I'm out of five. I'm say I'm kind of concerned. I'm not full out panic. I'm not like this season's over. I'll never feel that way as long as Josh Allen is healthy and starting, but I'm, but I'm a little worried. And especially cause he's not going to play the rest of the preseason, which is, which I'm okay with, but he's not going to get any better from, from not playing. Uh, I still think they'll go undefeated. John, so John's at a zero 
for being worried. Mike, where are you out of 10? John, are you really a zero? You just saying that. You're not worried at all. It doesn't bother you. Well, it's a one. You said, oh, one, to ten, you said one to ten. So one. One. So really a one? Okay. Mike, what about you? Going to be between John and I? Are you what gonna... is your level? I'm at a five. Five out of ten. I'm a little worried. I'm not panic mode. I'm not getting to panic mode, but not excited. Two. Two. Okay. Okay. Well, I think a lot of fans are feeling what you're feeling because I put a poll out on Twitter. X. On X. Sorry. My bad. Why would you rename a brand that was <laughs> fine by itself? You know what pisses me off? Can I side note? <laughs> the one social media platform where I've spent hours on trying to get a follower, I've given away prizes, you know, stuff like that. Like most followers we have on any social media platform by far is the one that's just being driven into the ground. <laughs> like it's just what a terrible gamble on my part. Like I'm going to put all my thoughts and effort into this one and then it's just one that's just going to go away soon. <laughs> all for <laughs> like, nothing. All for nothing. I'm already on Blue Sky. If you guys are on Blue Sky, follow me there. I'm on Threads. It's, even though I don't think Threads is that good, I think it's even worse than Twitter right now. But I'm sure. I'm sure X will be just fine. Yeah, I'm. St- I'm not getting rid of it. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it's you know because you think the product is that good, or you're a Musk apologist, or why don't I? Why no, am I going to stick with it? Or John? Like I don't think. I think it's hard to like kill something that's been successful right like okay you re, re, rebrand it whatever like it's still, people are still gonna use did it. vine get killed I, I don't know what happened with vine yeah it was huge it was like the original the TikTok where it would just be like <laughs> but 10, how, 10 second videos but how, how did it twitter bought it how did it get killed, killed? Yeah. Oh, is that oh, is that what happened elon musk <laughs> specifically bought vine and just <laughs> Tried to rename it V <laughs> instead of Vine, or some other letter that doesn't even begin with a Vine, like Q. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. MySpace, that, that social media platform, yeah, they've failed before, like huge ones. MySpace was huge, just got replaced by another one, so it has happened. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a MySpace. Thinking about moving to Facebook soon. Uh, I uh, yeah. That's why you don't need to do family reunions anymore, by the way, is because Facebook exists. So um, so I wrote a, a poll on Twitter. I said, are you worried about the Bills 2023 season after just two preseason games? So I had yes. The The options were yes, no, and I never stopped worrying because there, I think there's a lot of Bills fans. We had a whole episode, not a whole episode, but we talked about it one episode recently where we said, is there still a hangover from the 2022 season and how that postseason ended with that loss against the Bengals? Like, is there reason to worry? And 60% of Bills fans were like, yes, like I'm still not over that loss, which is crazy because we were into August. We were well into training camp when I posted that poll, but I think this is still relevant. So are you worried about the Bills 2023 season after just two preseason games? Uh, the winner was that was no. 53% of the fans said no. Um, which I think it falls along with what John and, and Mike were saying with the, with their answers. 26% said, yes, I am worried about the Bills 2023 season. And 21% said, I never stopped worrying. <laughs> so, so almost half the fan base is kind of worried in one sh- way, shape, or form. And 50, the, the majority, the slight majority says they're not worried. Um, I wish I was as, uh, I wish I was as confident as you all that, that aren't like that. Andrew Insing writes, I think concerned about consistent weaknesses in their game, such as pass rush and stopping the run is fair, but we have an elite 
QB that should be able to overcome some of those weaknesses. Yeah, but I mean, so like like John mentioned earlier, one way, reason we should be excited is because of Sherfield, Hardy, and especially Dalton Kincaid. Like, and Gabe Davis is playing at a whole new level. So uh, I agree with all those things, but the pass rush and the pass blocking is very concerning to me, like Andrew mentioned. And one of those things that I think about is that, do you guys remember when the Bills were on fire in the 2021 postseason? It was the 13th second loss season. Like their offense looked really good. I mean, they they destroyed the Patriots in the wildcard round. And then the next round, the divisional round, they they lost that game, but they really should have won if it wasn't for some coaching gaffes, like their offense was good enough to beat that team. And I try to think about why was that team different than the team now? Like what was different about it last season? I'm sorry, last season than two seasons ago when they were really good. Well, Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator and now he's not. So that's one thing. But then the other thing is that Josh Allen had probably the best blocking in front of him that he had ever had because they moved Ryan Bates to left guard. They moved Darrell Williams to right guard. So like they looked pretty good in the offensive line. And Josh Allen, for once, had time. They could run the ball up the middle. Like, there was... I think that moment is is why that Josh Allen looked so good from the end of the season till the postseason, is he had time to throw the football. And the fact that he might not have that this season, again, is what worries me. So Brian Football writes, never stopped worrying because they showed attention to the symptoms and not the problem. We're running it back again with the same stale scheme, acting like it'll be okay. McDermott is calling, like acting like it'll be okay. McDermott is calling plays. Short yardage, yet cornerbacks were 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Again, that's a very good point, Brian. I saw that for sure. That is, uh, that is something that, that was the way it was in that game. Guys playing way off again. There was a play. I was just rewatching it again before we got on. And Dane Jackson was against George Pickens. Now, George Pickens is a really good wide receiver, right? Like, I mean, he's a probably a better wide receiver than Dane Jackson is a cornerback. I don't think there's any question about that. But as soon as the ball was about to be snapped, Dane Jackson was right up at the line of scrimmage. And as soon as the ball was snapped right about there, he just backpedaled 10 yards before the, 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 the ball was even snapped. And then George Pickens got the ball. It was like a third and seven or something. Caught the ball to, you know, with a six-yard gain, and then he just ran the extra five yards, like easy first down. Like that's, I was hoping without Leslie Frazier, like we wouldn't see stuff like that. We'd see a little bit more pressure or something like that. We didn't, um, and the Bills didn't create nearly enough pass rush on the defensive line, like Andrew said. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So the majority of Bills fans, not so worried, but some folks like me, uh, let's just say I have an eyebrow raised. I'm not worried, but I'm like, hmm, like this could be a thing. This could be a thing. So let's go into our sweet sassy molassy play of the game. Brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. Um, haven't done that in a while. Usually it's at the beginning. And I, I, I like saying that. I miss saying that after every segment. Um, so, John, what do you have as your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? I'm going to go with the, um, the at the end of the Bills' last drive, the Kyle Allen to Justin Shorter 17-yard touchdown pass. Um, there weren't too many great plays to pick from. Um, but I, I, I think that was a great cap off to a, a really good drive overall. They're only a good drive overall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that one, 
John, because that was a good pass. It was a good catch. Justin Shorter, we mentioned. I don't think we gave him the wall of shame or even an honorable mention for wall of shame last week. We were just hoping with all the receivers getting involved and all those undrafted guys getting involved in the passing game, we were just kind of hoping Justin Shorter would get at least a target. Well, he had more than enough this week. I think that they tried to focus on him this week, but um, yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I'm going to go with, so get this, uh, Josh Allen, his pass to Gabriel Davis for 35 yards. It was um, second and 19, excuse me, second and 24, I should say, sorry. Second and 24 at their own 48-yard line. Josh Allen passed it deep to Gabriel Davis, and uh, it was off to the left sidelines, the close sidelines if you're watching on TV. It was second and 24. It was a 35-yard catch. Uh, Gabe Davis had, it was an amazing catch. It was like toe drag swag, whatever. Count Dragula, um, the sideline surgeon, whatever you want to call Gabe Davis from his like big game Gabe Davis, right? Um, it was a textbook catch like he like he did his first two seasons with Buffalo. It looked great. He got it. It got the first down. And then it was called back by Spencer Brown, offensive holding. So then they got another 10 yards um, added on to it. Um, so it it was a catch that wasn't, but still, I mean, if it wasn't for that holding call by Spencer Brown, then it would have been an amazing catch that gets, I mean, how often do you ever, a second and 24 becomes a first down play, like, right? Like, that's just so rare. You, you know, it's, it was a really bad game when you're picking a play that didn't count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sad, right? You pick the one that like where they went, uh, they went up so that they were losing by less than two scores. <laughs> It's the, that was the play. It was a, it was against the Steelers' third stringers, and our backup quarterback was passing the ball. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's go into. So we just we sassed him last. He plays a game. Let's go into Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame. Um, let's start off with Wall of Fame. Mike, who did you put on your Wall of Fame for uh, for that game for the whatever you want to call that game? For me, it starts and ends with Dalton Kincaid. I don't know who else you you could have. Like I'm so excited to see him play in the regular season. Just amazing hands, things that passes that would have bounced off players' hands in the past. Um, I just think he's going to open up the passing attack big time um, when we see him in the regular season. I just, uh, I'm kind of, I hope not to see him again till week one. Yeah. So same here, same here. And he played even with Matt Barkley, I believe, like into the first quarter after Josh Allen got taken out. So um, the offensive line did. I know. Um, Kincaid stayed in there. Knox did not play, so we didn't see that. But I mean, we're so used to seeing. I think Mike, that's kind of what you're alluding to a little bit, is that you know Dalton Kincaid has great hands. He looks good. Like we're not used to seeing that necessarily out of all of our draft picks, like that are pass catchers. Like we've seen issues with drops from Dawson Knox and Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, Zay Jones. Remember that whole season that like where we ended up trading him, right? So uh, it's good to see. It's good to see a guy come out. It just performed. We've always right wanted a like Travis Kelsey. Of, always. Or a Gronk. Like so, Gronk yeah. was always destroying us. And we're like, why can't we get someone like that? We, we can. <laughs> so when I, I, I know now we can. <laughs> so when we had uh, Anthony um, Prohaskon from Cover One, and we were mentioning, like, what does the 12 personnel, which is like a two tight end personnel, give you? He's like, you have no further to look than um, what Gronkowski and Hernandez did to all the NFL for like you know, seven or eight seasons until until that thing happened with Hernandez. But like, 
that's how good they were. Like you never knew each one of them could catch the ball. Each one of them could block each one. You know, you never knew if they were going to come out running the ball or passing the ball or you just never knew. Um, so that's what Dalton Kincaid affords them. So yeah, baby, baby Gronk, Kelsey, whatever you want to call him. Um, I'm here for it. So John, who is, who is on your wall of fame in this one? Uh, Kincaid is a good pick. He looks like he's going to be the real deal. Um, but for me, I'm going to go with Kyle Allen. 12 of 15, 112 yards, touchdown, the only good drive of the game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. He had a Matt Barkley stat line <laughs> this Saturday. 12 of 15, no interceptions. Yeah. Uh, it, it was almost like Case, Case Keenum last year, right? We were all ragging on Case Keenum. Is Matt Barkley going to be? And then, you know. Yeah, this is exactly what happened. Literally, exactly. <laughs> um, and not only that, like, Kyle Allen was playing with the third stringers, and he still did all right. So, uh yeah, I'm going to put I, – I like those a lot, honestly. Like, I mean, I, I love the Dalton Kincaid one. I could definitely see uh, a case for those. I'm, I'm just going to give – I probably would have gone Dalton Kincaid, but I'm going to give Gabe Davis a mention because, I mean, do you guys think that if the Bills' offense is as good or better than this season, I think, I think Gabe Davis – and obviously Dalton Kincaid, but Gabe Davis having his best year of his career – will be a big part of that. And if the Bills go to the Super Bowl, it's because Gabe Davis takes his his play to another level. I mean, I think that's one of the major factors to to this this season's success is how much be- how much more can we get out of Gabriel Davis? How 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 much better can he be that he hasn't been before? Can he be that, you know, number 2 wide receiver that we really haven't had, you know, consistently what since Peerless Price Eric Moulds maybe? So well, he's in a contract year, so he's even more motivated. Yeah, good for him, man. I'm all here for it, man. Get that money. <laughs> I don't care if it's with us or with a do ball out, right? Like, yeah, exactly. He's not coming back. So, I, <laughs> but it's good to have. Him. Like, we gotta, we gotta realize. It's like that office episode. Where he's like, man, I wish we, wish we could remember the good days while they're happening. That's like Gabe Davis's last year, right? Like, this is how kind of how I feel about it. Uh, but then again, I'm also worried about the season. So here we go. Uh, what about Wall of Shame? For, I mean, there's so many. Like we could, we could have just started and ended the podcast with Wall of Shame, which is the way that this uh, disaster of a game went. Man, you ever? I, I was trying to think of of a good analogy for the way that this preseason game one went, and the only thing I could think of is like, have you ever like been having a bad day and like you're just walking through the kitchen and like the the little uh, handle on like one of the cut cupboards like catches on your on your pocket on your pants or your cargo shorts or something you're like oh and then like you drop something you're holding it and you're just like ah like it's just like there's a level of how many thing bad things happen before like you either swear or get audibly angry and I, and the older i get the less it takes it doesn't like when i was a kid like four or five bad things would happen and be like oh this is so frustrating now it's like one and a half too. <laughs> then I'm just like, this day is ruined, right? Like that's how that game felt to me. Have you guys ever been that? Like you've been doing something or you're trying to make dinner and you're in a hurry and then you're, you know, something gets caught on a cabinet and it pulls you down or whatever. Pulls your, ever happened to you? Yes. Okay. Is that a good analogy or do you guys have a better analogy of how that game was? Cause that was. No, I mean, yeah, it's like, like it's like one thing after another. And then like you get to, you know, a certain point and it's like, you know, screw this. <laughs> you you want to like throw the dishes on the ground and smash them all? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Like, um, so wall of shame. Uh, John, I'll start with you on this one. <sighs> Where do I start? Dude, you know, you know how you had four so, pages I mean, of right. notes last week? You could have done four pages of notes on wall of shame this episode. I have less than a page of notes for this game, so it's actually rather easy to talk about. Um, <laughs> you get, I get, you got to mention Barkley and the four turnovers, and, and like none of it looked good. Like there wasn't one that was like, "Oh, the receiver should have caught." No, they were all really bad. And the offensive line we already talked about, um, but like you know what gets me is the penalties. Like last week, last week we were talking about Wall of Shame penalties. Eight penalties for 59 yards. And this week, it was even worse. They had 12 in the first, well, 13 in the first 31, 32 minutes of the game. Like, it was really bad. They got, like, they were, like, sleepwalking through the first half. I I don't know if they weren't prepared. I don't know if it's the coaches. I don't know what's going on. But that, the penalties, like, that's got to stop. Yeah, that was, that was, that was cringeworthy to see that many penalties, especially like you said. I mean, Tom McDermott came out last press conference. He's like, those penalties against the Colts in the first week of the preseason were good. I'm not happy with that. And then this this week, he has more penalties in the first half than he did in the entire game last week. And you got to think like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what is going on here? Like, this is supposed to be, this isn't your first season with the Bills. Like, if this was your first season with the Bills, I can understand the penalties, right? Like, they happen. But the penalties mean one of two things: your team isn't disciplined enough, or they're not good enough to play against the, te- the players that they're playing with. So they have to hold. Like Spencer Brown has to hold in order to protect Josh Allen. Like on that play specifically, where we mentioned it was a Gabriel Davis catch that I mentioned earlier, Spencer Brown got caught holding, and I've seen it in replay a couple of times. Deion Dawkins was holding just as much. Like he was getting beat by his guy. Spencer Brown was Spencer Brown is six foot eight, three hundred and twelve pounds. He got pushed back like crazy by a guy that's over fifty pounds lighter than him and like six inches shorter. The guy just pushed him and he's just like, you know, he's on his back foot as soon as the play as soon as the ball was snapped. It was crazy. Uh dude, speaking of that, I'm gonna give Barkley definitely deserves it. Um, but he's just going I I kind of hoped he would win the job just because, you know, you love the story. He's a very likable guy, but it's clear he's not. I mean, the Bills just might not have a good backup situation this season going into it, but um, I'm going to give it to Spencer Brown. I mean, you got to like, you have to like Spencer Brown as a person and like the way he seems to be off the field, on the field. Like when Tommy Doyle hurt his knee, which is crazy, by the way, can we just say like how sad it was to see Tommy Doyle like tear his other ACL when he literally came back from a right knee ACL at the beginning of last season, he comes back, he hurts his knee last game, but it does, doesn't end up being serious, luckily. And then sure enough, on some freak play, he tears his left knees ACL. Like, And you're just like, man, this guy cannot catch a break. So Spencer Brown, say what you will about his play, but Spencer Brown and Mitch Morris both ran into the locker room as he, as he went off in the cart. Like not all players do that. Like that was a, that was a cool showing by those guys. Spencer Brown is not that good right now. And we have no, proof besides hope and the fact that he has really good athleticism he's going to actually be a decent starting right tackle um so he's on my wall of shame uh for that uh and it's not necessarily his fault that again bean 
and McDermott did not address tackle at any point in the offseason in a reasonable way of draft capital or free agent money. I mean, they just kind of signed Brandon Shell like, you know, a couple of weeks after the draft or whatever it was, or a month or two after the draft, but uh, he was never supposed to start. He was just supposed to be decent depth, and now he's retired. So the Bills' offensive tackle situation in general is my wall of shame, but specifically Spencer Brown. Deion Dawkins doesn't look great, though, either, so I'm not kind of worried about that. Mike, do you have a wall of shame in this one, or did we already get it? Just based on the stat line, I'd say Barkley, but the penalties are unacceptable for sure. Everybody mentioned, like, Deion Dawkins, man. He seems like a good locker room guy. Loves joking around, but yeah disappointing so far <laughs> it's great if you're joking around like isaiah mckenzie was like one of those guys that's just like yeah but i'd rather have you be really good on the field yeah. <laughs> that like like matt milano like right matt milano is the perfect example of this like i'm not he gets it seems like he gets along well with the guys in the locker room i'm not saying that but he will never be the guy in front of the camera cracking jokes like he'll never be the one like doing karaoke in the locker room like he just does his freaking job and he gets along with the guys like that's all he does he's a quiet guy you know off the field locker room that's what i want i would much rather have that guy than the guy who's like oh everyone loves in the locker room like that's great like awesome like i'd rather have a guy that can play in the field <laughs> you know matt milano the quiet guy in the locker room but shows push up back. Every push back from the well, buffet everybody's per- <laughs> get that step back <laughs> Deion Dawkins needs to. I, I need to I see some speed. A, Everybody's got. It's just getting beat, man. Getting beat off the line. He does. He is getting beat off the line by speed. That happened at least once or twice. I was in the rewatch. Maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he's doing the Josh Allen diet plan where he doesn't pay attention to anything he eats in the offseason and thinks that he can, you know, just come into training camp and then that's where he gets in shape, right? But um, it's been. How long, how long is they've been starting? <laughs> de- <laughs> But Dawkins has like three or four years on Josh Allen. Like, we know you can't do that forever. Mike, there would be days like in high school where you and I, like in the summertime, we'd get garbage plates like twice a day. Two days. Like, we'd literally, two days. (laughs) Those were, we didn't have training camp. We had two a days Uh in other ways. (laughs) We would go, we'd literally stop for lunch, hang out, do whatever. And then (laughs) for dinner that night, we'd stop at the same place, have garbage plates. So for people that aren't from the area, garbage plays like a hot dog or hamburger, like two of them, right? There's not just one. It's like two hot dogs, two hamburgers. Uh, We would get them like drenched in meat sauce, which is, you know, just like it sounds, you know, like Coney Island, like, like those Coney's. Yeah. Sounds amazing. (laughs) John knows, John knows. He loves a good plate. And then you'd, you'd have like Mac salad or French fries or home fries, like two out of those three. And they would just, and then we, of course, we'd like dredge it with ketchup too, because it's just, Can't do it I don't dry. know. We just had to add more calories. <laughs> <Can't do it. laughs> need to lube your mouth up a little bit. Uh, I preferred mustard, but. Oh, same well, difference. we got mustard on it too, John. <laughs> we didn't skip for the mustard. We got mustard also. <laughs> we got the hot mustard and then, you know, we drench it, except you didn't do the ketchup, but I was just. <laughs> Like just like covering that thing, right? And it was never enough. But anyway, so that's what finally started to, that yeah. summer. You started like onions because they screwed up your order so much. That was yeah. Those they always kept giving me onions. Like, well, I'm not taking them all out because they're like diced onions. You know, you're not getting them out. I guess I'm just gonna learn to like it. Yeah, open my open my uh, horizons. So uh, yeah, we used to do that twice a day. That was probably five thousand calories in just those two meals, right? Easily. 
Now, when you're 17 or 18, you can do that and keep like a 27 inch waistline and not a problem. <laughs> when you're 27 and trying to do the same thing, it's a little bit tougher. You better work out. You better be doing your, is that, your that, is that, I mean, that Joey, huge metabolism change that much as you get older? Is that an old wives tale? It's just, or is it just, we've become more sedentary. You're not like moving constantly. I think it's definitely the latter. I think it's both, but also the sedentary thing, but I think it's also metabolism. It's more so the latter. When you're saying the latter, isn't the latter thing I said, you're just becoming sedentary and it's not your metabolism? Really? Okay. Yeah. I thought you'd pawn it off on genetics. Metabolism probably has... No, no, no. Metabolism. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to blame my genetics. No. uh, There, I mean, genetics could be a factor too, for sure. But I think that's out good of here because I thought I've read like we always um, say like, oh, your metabolism drops so much here, and I feel like that's been debunked largely. A lot of it is just you let yourself go. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, you you eat a lot over there, Christmas. Yeah, and that's a pound, and then you never lose it. And then oh, next year, an extra pound, next year, extra pound, and after twenty years, twenty pounds heavier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think muscle mass and testosterone has to do with it. Like you gain, like your metabolism is based on how much muscle you have, right? In mm-hmm. a way. So the more muscle you have, the rich get richer, it's man. Tougher to. <laughs> it's always it's always a case. There's there's it's definitely it's definitely more. There's a lot of factors, but if you sedentary. diet and exercise, yeah, right? I agree. Yeah, and I'm just like when I say diet, it's not like go on a diet. It's like what your diet calories is. in, calories out, right? If we just stopped eating, we would drop weight real fast. That's what I, that's in my yes. mind when I was coming out. Like, nah, I, I could fix this easily. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if I just stop eating, like why doesn't more people? Why don't more people just do that? Like it's very clear. Mike, you'd be good on like the my my six hundred pound life or whatever. Well, They'd be like, people, Dude, just stop eating. Absolutely. <laughs> He's like. They're like, but I want a half fudge Sunday. I want ten of them. Be like, well, just don't. Like, oh, okay. Dude, a dude fasted for that. over a year. And was fine. Just took, just drank water because he was so. Are fat. you serious? Because like you just your body like it's designed to get you through a period of not being able to eat. Right, it's storing those calories. He literally didn't eat for yeah, a whole just year. He just lived, lived off his, off his fat. fat. Yeah. Hey, oh, looked, he looked amazing, amazing after. <laughs> he looked amazing at the end. <laughs> Did he have those skin folds and stuff that happened? I'm not when, sure. Or do you? I feel like if you do the fasting thing, you don't get this. Up. Was this was going back a ways before they figured you probably shouldn't do this. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was always tired all the time. He had to go on disability before that, and he stayed on it until he lost all that weight, and then he was fine. So interesting. Yeah, you could do yeah. that. That's cool. I believe there's ways to speed up your metabolism too if you are feeling like your metabolism is low, like intermittent fasting or mm. whatever, or like or like doing muscular exercises because your muscles use up more like there's ways to counteract if you think there is a reason why you're gaining weight as you get older like there are ways to fix it if you want to but stop eating stop eating is a good one (laughs) number one undefeated (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so yeah but still like he can't get away with things that maybe he could so you're mike you're saying if you eat two garbage plates right now it's the same as when you did it when we were like 16 or 17, like you're like, oh, yeah, if I'm just as active as I was, okay, that's impressive. No, I'm not saying I eat one garbage plate. And I'm I feel not like I want to personally am. Sleep I'm just saying day. if we, had, if we did the same thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So Deion Dawkins is on your wall of shame. <laughs> Penalties. Self-control. <laughs> Self-control. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, you guys were talking about like personalities. I don't think that really matters, like what your personality is. I I don't think that affects your play in the field one way or the other. You can have a variety of combinations of how good your personality is in the locker room versus how good you are on the field. I don't think any of that. You matters. don't think they take that into account, do you? Because I feel like they kept Isaiah McKenzie around so much longer than they would have if he wasn't like a good locker room guy. You know what I mean? Like if everyone didn't love him. And I'm just like, what is he proven? Like this has been six seasons already. I don't know. I don't. I I hope not. Like I I think I can see it for like um certain veterans like like from a mentorship perspective. But I don't think like in Mackenzie's case that was like I think it was just happened to be you know maybe Josh liked him too. Maybe Josh had a part in that in him coming back too. You never know. Or they just didn't have anybody better, right? I mean, people went so far as to say like Josh Allen is not going to want to stick around. You know if if the it's like I think Josh is going to stick around just fine, but um, I would like to see it them help him out a little bit better. Like, and I didn't even not like their draft picks or whatever. Or where they that's that's so funny because like I think they made a concerted effort to protect Josh and give him weapons this off season. It's just hasn't panned out. Maybe this defense that we're hoping is going to get better under Sean McDermott may not get better. So I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. So wall of shame. Um, I'm going to give an honorable mention to the wall of shame for uh, Elam and Benford, the backup cornerbacks, they let Trubisky throw all over them. Like they're, they're basically behind Dean Jackson at this point at the starting cornerback position. So they're CB three, CB four, and they don't look great. Like you would think that those guys against twos of the other team would be shutting them down when given the opportunity. But not only were they not shutting them down, they were letting them score touchdowns, letting them get first downs, big gains, not big gains, not huge gains, but like they're getting first downs and, you know, more. And, uh, and Elam and Benford were getting um, penalties against them. So what I thought was an embarrassment of riches at cornerback, like they may all be okay. Not great yet, but um, so that was disappointing to see. We'll see when the season comes along again, trying not to get too far ahead of myself. Uh, so I wrote on Twitter, what was your biggest takeaway of the bills Steelers preseason game? And there were a lot of answers. Like there was, I, I thought maybe I'd get like 10 or 12. Like I got like 80 answers. So I'm going to read some of these right now. Cause they're really good insight. Um, Ambar Bagarva says once again, the O-line and defensive line are subpar. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was one of my biggest takeaways from that too. Richard W. Griswold, Spencer Brown and Kair Elam are busts. <laughs> Kincaid is a gem. I don't know if they're busts. Uh, Spencer Brown doesn't look great. I'm not ready to, to call it in a Kair Elam. If you were expecting him to be a first year starter opposite Tredavis White, then you're going to say he was a bust, but he could still turn into something. I think he's not a Cody Ford. Like Cody Ford was a bust through and through. He never proved anything. In any capacity, Kair Elam has at least looked good in certain areas of starting, but I wouldn't. Uh, maybe Spencer Brown in that issue too. Still, just not what you not what you want. Greg says this team is not as good as we've convinced ourselves. With a much tougher schedule and better in division competition from the Jets, Miami, and New England, we will most likely see a decrease in wins and potentially surrendering the AFC East crown. So that was good. Good take by Greg. We have to take all those things into account. So he is more like on my side, where I was like, I'm kind of worried about this season. 
He's on my side. Stu McAllister writes, man, I'm watching it now. Nothing looked good. Barkley came back to earth. The O-line was poor. Defense couldn't tackle. Penalties everywhere. Yikes. Only preseason, I tell myself. Yep, that's what. Stefan Cross writes, problems at right tackle and linebacker worse than feared. Pass rush not as good as hoped. And why on earth did Bean draft Elam? G-Man Bills from SC writes, his biggest, his biggest takeaway is that it's preseason. Yeah, a lot of people wrote that. It's preseason. Pete Lubes, it's preseason. Lamont Cranston writes, how do you pass on Dewan Jones in round three? Because the Bills didn't think that they needed a tackle. That's why. The Bills thought that they were good at that at that position. I don't know if you guys, so like I've, we did mock drafts together for several weeks before the draft. I did them on like a couple of like episodes. I did one with uh, Dan Mitchell from uh, his YouTube site, um, which he's really fun with it. And I took a right tackle in the first round based on how the board fell to me. He's like, right tackle. Really? I was just like, yeah, I was like, the bills could upgrade there. And I think protecting Josh Allen is the most important thing. So, uh, and at the time, like he wasn't, ragging on it he was just surprised because not many people were calling that and i'm just like i could see it as a position of need and guess what it is still a position of need and the draft has come and gone and free agency has come and gone i think one of the things one of the downfalls of this regime is sometimes they hang on to their draft picks a little bit longer than they should or think that they because they got rid of wyatt teller so quickly and he ended up being an all pro that they're just like, man, we really can't do this anymore. So then they got gun shy, and now they're keeping guys way longer, figuring they're going to start and be good someday than maybe they really should be. It's kind of like what you and I do with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, someday maybe he'll <laughs> figure it out. So, <laughs> uh, Shaggy Dog. <laughs> Shaggy Dog says, <laughs> not, not making the playoffs. They're not that good. The O-line won't hold up for Josh, and teams can run on our defense. 8-8 eight and eight if lucky. Well, it's definitely not going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> so, Not making the playoffs? That's absurd. You think they make the playoffs, John? Oh, you were asleep, John. Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> John, John's like, I won't say anything about them criticizing me as a, as a co-host on this podcast, but that, the Bill's not making the playoffs. I'm going <laughs> to... I'll be damned if I'm not going to say something when that happens. Um, Gibby back on vacation writes that everyone overreacting should calm down. Relax. It's like Aaron Rodgers says, relax. Somebody hacked my balloon said, in order for us to be successful, we need to get the ball out ASAP. Josh scrambling and going for deep shots needs to be option number two. Can't be something we rely on, but a nice threat to keep defenses honest. Our chances decrease significantly when the ball isn't out in less than three seconds. Wow, dude, Camden, that's that's a good take right there. Quick throws. I agree. Blondie writes, our coaching staff can't seem to motivate this team. They are playing checkers when 31 other coaches are playing chess. We're in trouble this season. I wouldn't say all 31 other coaches are playing chess. Some of them are still playing checkers too, but your point's taken. Donnie Dees writes, Dion is very mediocre and penalties have consistently been an issue with the offense. Thomas, Thomas R. Hanna writes, Try telling myself how Marv went 0-4 in preseason one year and had the team ready week one. Not sure this coaching team compares, but now the now the pikes are bigger in the pond. Are they the muskie? Good call week one. One, two, three, muskie. <laughs> Thomas, you are more of a fisherman than I am. <laughs> I don't recognize any of those references. I know what a pike is, but 
are they the musky? What is a musky bigger than a pike or is a pike? It sounds like it's bigger than a pike based on his reference. Mike, John, fisherman, do you know any more about that? I've heard of pike. <laughs> Let's see. Musky. What is the difference between a pike and a musky? Tail fork. <laughs> Perhaps the easiest way to distinguish a musky from a pike is to identify the tail. Both species have forked tail. However, a musky's tail has a predominantly pointed. Muskies are more rare than pike are. So I think what he's trying to say is that you need to be the one that stands out. At least that's why I get Thomas, write us back. Let me know if I got that one right. Um, by the way, um, our buddy Josh over at the, I'm sorry, Justin over at the Wandering Buffalo was like, you know, how last week we were talking about there's got to be better updates to like killing two birds with one stone. Like all these like animal abuse, like things that have been going on for centuries, like, like so many ways, different ways to skin a cat and like, you don't have a dog in the fight, like all that stuff. Like he's just like, oh, you know, it's like, what did he say? Saving, saving two puppies with one basket. <laughs> That's good. That's, good That's better. Idiom. He said, "Idiom update of the week should be a whole segment, like saving two puppies with one basket." <laughs> and you're just like, "That's a good thing," and you're like, "Oh, that's nice. That's nice." Are the, are the puppies like Mandy, falling? Right? No, they're like in a. They're like in a. I pictured them being like in a river or something. <laughs> I don't know why I pictured a river and they just got into a basket and you just save them. Like you pluck them out of the river. They're just floating. And you by. have the basket and know. you reach down. Yeah, you reach down and you scoop them no up. No way. You say? Are you saying I can't scoop up two puppies with a basket? I'm like, would the water be passing through? Like it's a wicker basket? Then I could do it. But if it would, just, if you dip, if yeah, you wicker put the basket. basket in, it would instantly fill with water. You're not going to do anything. Oh yeah, yeah. Then it'd be too heavy if it was a big basket. You wouldn't be able to just pull it. I up came to UB and took that fluid right. class, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably that that my wife's uh, third or fourth cousin. <laughs> he was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that was it but yeah yeah you're right you're right i think wicker basket it's got to be it's got to be water could right. flow through it adequately so you can it's like a mm -hmm. net almost right it's like a that's oh that's what we should say like saving two puppies with a fishing net <laughs> that are floating <laughs> down the specific. river they're flowing down a river at a decent pace yeah. not all rivers flow right. that fast you know like it could why could it be a slow so Maybe there's a more like dramatic. It could be more dramatic. In, more dramatic. Like about, bursting about, into the kill shelter right before the puppies are euthanized and adopting them both. Oh, that's a good one. Adopting two puppies at the kill shelter. <laughs> that's nice. I like nice. that. Nice. I was going to, uh, so that, that makes mine sound a lot worse. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to do, you know, saving two dogs from a kangaroo. You know how like they show them in those videos, like they attack dogs. And like the owner has to come and either like punch him in the face or like get kicked by him instead. <laughs> like that's what I was thinking, like saving two dogs from a kangaroo. <laughs> but I like yours better. Saving two puppies from a kill shelter. That's nice. See, like you get this, you get that. It's like saving two puppies at a kill shelter, right? <laughs> it could be better. Let's uh, think about it. Adopting two adopting two pu puppies from the from the local ASPCA. <laughs> uh too many ah. That's the one good thing about those terrible uh, animal They're abusive uh, sayings. They're succinct. <laughs> They're so succinct. <laughs> ten different ways to skin a cat. Uh, ten different ways to change a cat's kitty litter. <laughs> like it just doesn't doesn't flow off your tongue. Uh, Mandy Mandy writes. O line needs some work. Matt Barkley isn't super consistent or had a bad day. Oh, he's, he's, yeah, he's not. Yeah, 
both. <laughs> Elam needs to work on not getting pass interference penalties, yeah, and covering his guy, too. Didn't see a whole lot of pass breakups. Ricky McGuire said Matt Milano and Jack Campbell would have been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, true. But that's the thing. Like, even if you got Jack Campbell, then that means, first of all, they would have had to trade up to get Jack Campbell because he went way before the Bills drafted. But then you wouldn't have Dalton Kincaid. So I don't know if I would have taken Jack Campbell over having Dalton Kincaid. Like, I'd much rather have what we have right now in Dalton Kincaid as a great weapon on offense than having, like, a stud middle linebacker at this point, even if that's what Jack Campbell doesn't end up being. I, I agree. Give Josh more weapons. Medium rights. Bills fans are not ready for the season. I don't know about the team, but the fans are real out of practice. Hey, I take uh, I take offense to that. Medium jersey T seventy four rights. People are taking this a little too hard. You're taking it a little too hard. Uh, football is life rights. We were very unprepared mentally for a real game. Yeah. No, no, I was prepared for it. I just wasn't prepared for them sucking <laughs> with the first. Like, this is the only time with only three preseason games. Like, before it used to be when there were four preseason games, it'd be very similar. The starters didn't see any action in the first game. They saw, like, a couple of drives in the second game. And in the third game, they would get usually a full quarter, right? Sometimes even a full half. And then the fourth game, they wouldn't see the field at all. Now the way that it goes is the first preseason game, they see nothing again. The second preseason game is they see a couple of drives again. And then the third preseason game, they see nothing. <laughs> so, like, we missed that whole game where, like, the starters used to get a full half almost. I wouldn't play Josh Allen in any preseason game. I agree. Yeah, what benefits do you get? I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't play Stephon Diggs in any I wouldn't play anybody. Game. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> they just start taking like fans out out of the stands, give them jerseys. Yeah, and like and like Poyer, why why does he have to play? Milano, no, I wouldn't play those no. guys. Especially guys that have been I guess well, the only thing I would make an exception for is like guys have only been in the league for a year or two that need the practice like Benford and Elam. But like what is what does Matt sure. Milano have to prove? Like he's ready for it. <laughs> like he would be ready, yeah. Yeah, what if he got hurt? What if he got what if he got hurt? Yeah, well, I, I'd be pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like Poyer has an injury history. So like, yeah. What, why are Micah Hyde has an injury? He lost most of last season to an injury. Why are we playing Micah? Why are we playing Micah? Please. If <laughs> one of those it. guys got injured, did it would you, not be. Did Trey White yes, play? Yes, he played. I didn't yep, notice. He played. I, I didn't. Why you didn't he notice playing? he played because he did a good job defending his. <laughs> I know, right? His wide receivers. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Offensive line, I agree with. You play the whole offensive line because, you know, they need the... So chemistry. The only thing I can see is, like, they want, like, chemistry with guys who, like, with Kincaid who are playing or, like, Hardy or Sherfield, these newer guys. Um, but, man, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to risk Allen getting hurt. No. It was disappointing because the defense is so good. Like, I mean, they have so many all-stars on that defensive side of the ball. The offense, I could kind of understand, like, their offensive line still isn't great. It's slightly upgraded, but... But like the defense, I mean, you have, you know, Matt Milano, we mentioned Travis White, Jordan Poyer, Mike Hyde, you know, Greg Rousseau is supposed to take a big step this season, Ed Oliver, and they didn't look good at all. I mean, well, that's the other thing too, right? The starting defense didn't look good anyway. So it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> thank God we got those reps in of sucking before we started the season. Like that's, would you be surprised yeah. if Sean McDermott makes them play a little bit more just to get that out of their system? Because I, you know he's not happy with how that game ended. It's possible that he just yeah nothing's yeah yeah he I I 
I think at a minimum, he's going to want to see the penalties cleaned up. And a large portion of the penalties was from the starters. Yeah. And, you know, near starters. So we'll end it on that note. Uh, as far as all the tweets, thank you guys so much for writing in, being a part of the show, for sure, as always. Um, want to leave this episode on a high note, I guess, trying to. I'm trying to think of, you know, one of the things that I liked about, I'm trying to think of a positive thing, right? I like, I know the Bills, like, Bills Mafia's training camp preseason darling is Andy Isabella, which I do like. I don't think he makes a roster necessarily, but I think he looks pretty good in the preseason. Um, I like Jordan Mims a lot, the running back, the undrafted running back. I just, I feel like the Bills fans always kind of go after like the, the low end wide receiver, low end running back. I'm just going after Jordan Mims. He looks good with the ball in his hands. And I'm not saying that he brings anything that, you know, it's better than Latavius Murray or Damian Harris, definitely not more than James Cook, but I think he looks good. I think he's worth keeping on the practice squad potentially. Um, I don't, I haven't seen him really return any punts or kicks. So I don't know how useful he'll be on special teams, but I like what I've seen from him so far. So I'm going to keep that on a positive note. Yeah, I'm, I'm within his ability. He's fast for sure, um, but they got a lot of depth at receiver now. And I, in the return game, I, I don't know if he's done enough. Um, I'd like to see some of the other guys get some chances there to see what they can do, to be honest. Um, I don't know if I have like a darling guy. Like, it, you know, usually you, you think of like a, a, a younger guy or undrafted guy. But I mean, for me, like Latavius Murray for a 33-year-old Dude, he looks he does. pretty He had good. a couple of really good runs, didn't um, he? Right up the gut. Yeah, and he, last week, and, like, he's had a good camp, and, and Harris has been hurt. Like, does he, you know, begin as the second guy because of because of all that? So I, I, I could see that happening. Yeah, I think next week what we're going to focus on, obviously the preseason game, but we're going to talk about, you know, um, what players we can see making the 53-man roster, right? And I think we're kind of kind of come up with who gets cut, who stays, um, and who the practice squad, who, who, who the priority practice squad players will be if they make it through waivers. Uh, so that'll be a fun discussion after that. Maybe we'll make it a separate episode or something. Cause this one, our, our game recaps usually end up being an hour or so anyway. So this will be a good chance to, to give another one, but, um, anything else before we end this one, Mike, John, once again, this episode is brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, or if you're on your way to a family reunion, check out the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago at the Delago Resort and Casino, where every moment is a winning moment. Uh, it's a fun, it's a fun place. It's a fun place to be. Wish I was there. Wish I was there for three hours today instead of. Uh, no, just kidding. Just kidding. If my wife ever listens to this, just kidding. I had a great time. It was awesome. <laughs> There's nothing like, you know, nothing like being surrounded by strangers that I'll probably never see until the next family reunion. Or funeral. It's so funny. Or funeral. And I won't even remember any of their names. I went through like 15 people whose names were like, oh, hi. I, I looked directly in their eyes. And I'm like, oh, hi. I even repeat people's names as a nice. way of trying to remembering their name. Shit, I don't remember their names. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm Dalton Kincaid. Hi, Dalton Kincaid. Nice to meet you. I'm Nate. And then my wife would be like, wait, who is that? And I'm like, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> That's, I, I looked right at him, repeated their name back to him, forgot it. should have name it. tags. They should. They should. I'm a better reader than remembering of Audible. You guys remember things you read better? You're, you're, you, you guys the are point visual, is like right? you wouldn't have to remember because you just look. <laughs> oh, that too. Okay. <laughs> 
Or they'll tell me it and I yeah. just still won't remember. Yeah. And I'll just be like, oh, yeah, it's Dalton over mm-hmm. there. That's my old professor. They hated me. Yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that ever happened to you guys at work where it's like, like oh, I, I know I need, I know I know that guy's name, but I can't remember it. And you're like trying to look at his badge, but it's don't. like, it's like turned around or it's flipped or <laughs> like something weird. It's like, oh, yeah. And you can't be too obvious looking at his badge. <laughs> right, right. Be like, I'm up here, John. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah you like try to catch him over like oh hey look over there uh jeff <laughs> look over at that, that machine over there jeff yeah and then like once you figure out what you're saying like you have you ever like not remembered somebody's name and you felt bad about it and it was kind of obvious like when you should have addressed them by their name but you didn't and then you find it out like later in that day or maybe in the week or another get together and then you like go over the top by mentioning their name back to them like so many times because you want to make up for the fact that you didn't know their name the first time (laughs) like hey like hey nate it was good to see you again yeah you too man yeah yeah it was i will see you again soon and then the next time they're like, oh, hey, Nate, how's it going? Jeff, great to see you, Jeff. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeff, it's been so long. I'm so glad that you came because I was just like, man, I hope Jeff shows up at this party because mm. it would be a shame if Jeff didn't make it. <laughs> Over The overcompensation. Yeah. Yep. And then he's like, oh, my name's Dan. <laughs> Good one, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So cool. Thank you guys all for listening. Uh, Signing off for this episode, Mike. Go Bills. Preseason means nothing. And for John. Go Bills. Looking forward to the Bills cleaning up things next week in Chicago. And for me, Nate, go Bills. The Bills better clean up a few things if they want that number to stay above 53% of not worrying about the season. Go Bills. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>